Hi and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, I'm your host, and this is episode 18. Had a chat with Julia Deans. Um, you probably know her or you do know her, I'm sure, if you're listening to this from Fur Patrol. Uh, she has done one solo album. She's got a brand new solo album on the way. She didn't quite have a release date for me when I talked to her, but it's um, it's coming out soon and it's one that we talked about it a bit. It's one that she's kind of laboured over for a few years. And uh, she was in town a couple of weeks ago to do her um, Joni Mitchell tribute for the Arts Festival. So I caught her when she was sort of warming up for that, when she just got into town. So we talked about that a bit too. Uh, yeah, Julie is an amazing singer, a good songwriter, um, a great musician, you know, and I've, I guess I've kind of followed her career the whole time. I was a big Fur Patrol fan. I got a bit sick of them. Um, then I kind of revisited the material and some of it stands up quite well, some of it doesn't. But her solo album, a new di- with, you know, a new dialogue, that song in particular, uh, really blew me away. We're talking sort of five years ago now. And she's done lots of different things, you know. She's sort of um, got back into doing musicals, music tributes, all sorts of things appears on um, different albums from people. So um, we had a really cool chat, I think. And uh, at the end, I was talking to her in a hotel room in Wellington where she was staying. At the end of the conversation, I put her on the spot and asked to sing a song, and she performed for me uh, and for you guys an exclusive um, version of one of the songs off the new album. It's going to sound different when you hear the album. This is just her with her voice and acoustic guitar, so make sure you listen to the end to hear that. This is my chat with Julia Deans. That fits with the uh, atmosphere of the open door, you changing your strings <laughs> and, and cleaning your... Is this a, is this a regular pre-gig regime or is this a once a year thing? Uh, well it's it's actually more that my um, I haven't been playing this guitar a lot but um, my partner has been playing it quite a bit or he must have been playing quite a bit recently and um, the strings have, I don't know, the strings have become really oxidised and a bit manky and gross because yeah. I haven't changed the strings for, for a while but um, yeah it's just fucking filthy, basically. Is, is, is it your Joni Mitchell guitar? Uh, well, or does it get used for, or, you know, apart from your partner using it, do you use it for other things? As yeah. Well? Oh no, no. It's, I definitely I use this for gigs as well. This is actually uh, a really beautiful, a beautiful endorsement guitar from Takamini and the Rock Shop, and um, it's very shiny. Um, so it's like a. I, I tend, actually, in all honesty. Um, use it as like a, a second guitar because I think I've heard my other Takamini thing since I was like 20, 20 years old so almost as long as I've been playing mm. so that's kind of I don't know, atta- I'm attached to it yeah Some kind of um, <laughs> so you, you're here for the Joni Mitchell shows which we'll talk about but obviously by the time um, this um, makes it out into the world they'll, they'll have been and gone yeah but you've done those before, and I get the feeling you might do them again since you're repeating them being here. So yeah. it, it obviously wasn't a disastrous experience the first time. Oh, it was I talked to you just before yeah. you did them, and um, the story is, is probably quite familiar now to people from you doing those 15-minute phoners we were just talking about <laughs> before, how, how they're awful for both sides of the people on the conversation. Um, that. Oh, I see so that I give incredibly good fifteen-minute interviews. So you had you, a great time. I right? did. I did. Yeah. I did. I think it. I think it went for about forty minutes. I know. So <laughs> something was either. I either got something really wrong or really right there. But um, well, we're just a couple of gossips. Yeah. The the 
you're obviously a little bit more um, familiar with Joni Mitchell now because yes. the story that was going around that you were quite happy to talk about was that you did not like her. You just weren't. She just hadn't really entered your world, and no. now you've had to enter hers. So. Yeah, which um, I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It was like it was actually like somebody handed me this gift because uh, you know when you make when you sort of discover or you know somebody says to you, "Hey, listen to this." You know, when you're younger or you stumble across something and then you start looking right into their back cat and you know that person's or that band's back catalogue and everything and you kind of it's like somebody just sort of opened the curtains mm. on a on a window you hadn't seen before. But you know, there's a lot more of those when you're younger and as you get older and a bit more jaded and cynical. <laughs> Seen it, hated it. <laughs> um, you don't I don't know, you don't sort of have those revelatory moments as often I don't think and so when uh, Shane said go away listen to a whole lot of Joni Mitchell and then come back to me yeah <laughs> I, I had totally had that experience and it was it was quite beautiful to experiencing experiencing it through um, other people's recommendations um, you know so, mm. so rather than Rather than sitting down and listening to entire albums, it was kind of like these cherry-picked, yeah, you know, or a, or just a standard greatest hits. Either it was people giving you yeah album tracks and th- that were things, their favorites. things yeah. that they have you know loved for whatever reason. The, you know things that have been the soundtrack to mm. momentous occasions in their lives. So it was, I don't know, it felt like a really special. Um, little she, I, guess, I guess it's true of anyone with a bit of a catalogue, but it, she's always struck me as a the greatest hits is fine, but she's a great example of a fan would put together a compilation that probably only has one or two of the known, yeah, the really well known songs on it. Their greatest hits would be a bunch of the album tracks, yeah, you know, and uh, and, and often you know when you you know you sort of ask an, a, a writer what their favourite things works are. They, nine, to, nine times out of ten, they're not their, you know, their big hits. Yeah. And um, I think that was evident in that, she, that hits and misses album. Yeah, 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 exactly. A whole selection of things that yeah. weren't. The misses, I, yeah, I remember hearing those and the, you know, I recognised some of the hits. Obviously, and yeah. That that was kind. I think that was pretty much my introduction to her. Those hits and misses albums, and the misses album was, the one that was very interesting. Yeah. Because you got the. Uh, that was the one she was more invested in, you know. Yeah. That was the one that she would sort of bargained for. Yeah. So the, the things that are often sort of the more uh, creative. Yeah, the miss and and it inc- includes the misfires, you know, like yeah. the things that didn't quite work, but the the writer has some fondness for them because they know what they were trying to do. Yeah, that um her collaboration with Billy T. Uh, Billy, Billy Idol was yeah, noticeably yeah. missing from that though. <laughs> we're talking about misses. <laughs> Yay, the 80s were a good time for so many musicians. Um, so the, 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 the ice-breaking question I was going to say is, where's your new album? Where the, where the, where the, where the fuck is it? Um, it is sitting on a hard drive. It's finished? Actually, on two hard drives uh, back in Auckland. And um, it is waiting for uh, the just us to sit the last vocal and the last song on it. Yeah. And, um, which was meant to be done by by New Year's, and then it was meant to be done by the end of January, uh, and then 
uh, my partner who was mixing and engineering got got really busy and then then I got really busy and so between the two of us we've yay it's on it's waiting for us to have time again so um, but it is so close uh, I was hoping to have a, um, a release an out announcement for WOMAD but that's not gonna happen either <laughs> so you do WOMAD and then finish it and then yes and um, then sometime well Actually, this year it's going to come out. Yeah, well, hoping to, um, by the time I get back to Wellington, I think Dave's planning on doing as much as he can without me uh, while I'm away, while I'm here. So mm. hopefully I'll come back. And yeah. it will just need either a, a, a thumbs up or a... You know, we've still, and then we've still got to prep it for yeah, mastering, yeah. but that's yeah. sort of, you know, that's like a couple of days' work. How long is it between albums? Five, it'll be about five years. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. pretty much exactly, or just over. Just over. Yeah, yeah five and a half, yeah. I think. Yeah. But um, I I've stopped freaking out about it. Like I think for about two years, <laughs> it was giving keeping me up at night and it was having mm. massive insomnia about it. Um, but it's just it's been it's been an interesting few years, and in terms of you know sort of on a career level and you know professional level and uh, um, also just personal level um, uh, yeah so the, we, the journey is what it is <laughs> rem, I mean remind me we talked a little bit about this when, when I talked to you before you did the journey shows in Auckland um, about the album and I guess what was taking so long uh, and so what, what what exactly do you feel were some of the hold ups for you or, or, or why did you know time takes time but in yeah. this case why did why did time take the amount of time that it did uh well when we, when i when we first moved back to new zealand it sort of took us know, like almost six months to find a house mm. uh when we finally found a house um that's just a rent when we finally found a house uh we decided that we'd we we, uh, one of the reasons it took us so long to find somewhere was we wanted to build a studio, um, or you know have somewhere that we can that we could record. Mm. So it took about another another six months, almost a year, to really get that up and running. Uh, during which time I'd already started writing, and then we sort of recorded everything in a rather hotchpotch kind of fashion just and a lot of the time I didn't know what I wanted to do with the songs because mm. I started writing uh, using a lot of synths you know sort of old synth sounds and um, you know just to break break away from the normal you know my status quo mm. I don't mean status quo lights <laughs> yeah yeah rocking all over the world or whatever yeah, yeah. it is um, you know the, th the, the way that I'm used to writing which is on guitar Mm. Um, so just to break that up a bit, and I really got into it. Like I, it was so much fun, and I really, you know, I want to do more of that. And then, but yeah, just getting not knowing what I wanted to do with the overall sound of the album, and then getting people to come and play things. We'd have um, like um, Steve Bremner, do you mm. know? yeah, beautiful, beautiful drummer, beautiful man came up, and you know, he'd stay with us because we were working on the adult stuff at the time, uh, or adults touring. Yeah, and he'd just like we'd just plonk him down in the studio with a pair of headphones and he'd just 
crank away for hours and come up with all this crazy stuff and so there's some like he'd do that and then I would sort of go I'd go through and like go yeah yes that not sure about that and then sort of spend a whole amount of time going oh, I don't know what I want and then <laughs> ended up getting uh, Nick Gaffney also plays mm. you know some things um, uh, and, and there's some some of the tracks have got both Nick and Steve playing on them um, in, in either different sections or at the same time wow. so it's quite yeah and it's, it's also been you know getting the album to sound like it wasn't recorded in bits and pieces so that it does everything yeah, so yeah. coherent yeah um, and then and amongst that there's also you know uh, doing doing the different shows like I've done like the Brow yeah. I've done a few different arts festival collaborative things mm. um, Jesus Christ Superstar which took so much more out of me than I thought it would yeah it was that was bizarre but great fun um, and then also yeah we just we've had some you know personal our own personal kind of life shit that happens it's sort of put, well, see I like the way you started on. talking about this by saying you know we came back and it took us a while to find a house and I, I, I was thinking you know people I think still forget that or choose to not be interested in that um, when hearing uh, say a musician talk because yeah. and maybe it's that thing that we're all just used to the 15 minute phoner again so you, you, you cut that bit out yeah. because, because maybe it isn't exciting or whatever but I like that you, you know yeah. these real life problems you know do impact you know the, the romantic notion of you having all day to play guitar and write songs is what a lot of people still think yeah. about what you do yeah. oh she's lucky you know, and that's not the case at all. Like, no. you've got to uh, make money, and you've got to have a place where you can, you know, function. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the, you know, it's all very well, well and good to say, oh no, I, can't, I won't do that job because I'm mm. focusing on my album. But the reality is, you can't do that. Mm. And, and so, I suppose some of these, like, um, say, Jesus Christ Superstar or whatever, is it a case too of, well, that's a better job than going back to you know, working in a clothes store or yeah. some of the things you might have done in the past, you know, because it's still a job that's related to what I do. Oh, no, it was a way better job. <laughs> I never thought that I would actually do do musical theatre. Yeah. Um, but I've always kind of had a soft spot for... Um, for the songs in Jesus Christ Superstar. Did you grow up with musical theatre like as a listener? No, no, I just, you know, never really was into the, into musicals at school. I mean, I did I did a couple while I was at school, mm. um, but it wasn't really my thing. I just really, I just really liked singing. Yeah. And I enjoyed being part of a, I really enjoyed being part of a team, making something together, and, and the, the theatre buzz is really exciting. And the... Those those big musicals are sort of inescapable, particularly to somebody who likes singing. You know, like you just you know yeah. some of the material from them, even if you're not that. Oh, but it was also with with Superstar. It was also the crew that was you know the, that were putting it together um, with um, you know Leon Radojkovic mm. leading you know being the musical director. I worked with him doing Brawl, and I love him. He's amazing. Mm. His, the, his his sensitivity to you know. The way he treats the music, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's a show, and that was the clincher for me. That and working with Lawton, yeah, yeah. So and well, and under Oliver Driver too. So yeah. it was a great cast, yeah, yeah. And it was 
yeah, it was something that I went, yeah, I really want to do this. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, the Braille show was amazing. Oh, that was phenomenal. And it feels like something that you guys could um, revisit a bunch of times in the years to come, or, you know, obviously yeah. new people could drift into it too, but that yeah. particular lineup that was seemed to have it. You know, a bang. Yeah, because you all got to shine. And, yeah. And then also, every time, it's the songs that are actually the things that yeah. shine, and you guys all know that. But, but it was, you all get to hit your spots. The, yeah, and the beautiful thing about that is, like, all four of us are so very different as performers mm, mm. Um, and singers. It's just this beautiful contrast of, um, of voices meeting... Uh, Shows how incredible songs. Shows how perfect those songs are again, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that, and how adaptable yeah. they are and that you guys were doing, I guess, uh, sincere, um, I don't want to use the word authentic, but like you weren't doing anything radically different to no. the arrangements. No, no, no. At all. You were respectful of the recorded, you know, the popular arrangements. Yeah. But, uh, but still, they were able to adapt to suit all of your different voices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit about because um, I, I, I don't reckon I've talked to you about this we've, we've, we've had a couple of interviews um, over the years but um, you grew up in Christchurch yeah and so when did music actually come into play for you in any significant way mm. were, you, were you born to it in some capacity do you think was it pushed <laughs> Definitely musical wasn't. family no it was uh, my grandmother asked me I think when I was about seven or eight, if for my if I would like for my birthday present to have piano lessons, and um, I just went okay, that'd be quite fun, um, and just kind of took to it. I don't, I'm not quite sure how that, you know. Um, and you know, I played the violin incredibly badly for a couple of years as well. Mm. Um, which was I actually really enjoyed it but I was so terrible at it probably because I didn't practice enough and I probably didn't practice enough because my mum would tease kind could kindly tease me but I was a very sensitive child and also whenever I practiced all the neighborhood cats I'm not even kidding would come and sit outside the French doors it's <laughs> like and every time I practiced I'd look out and there'd be like three or four cats sitting outside the doors it's like really guys um yeah, and then I think I, I just really have always enjoyed singing, even you know, through primary school. And, um, I did a lot of choir stuff at high school. I just like to sing. Mm. And um, would go busking with a couple of, you know, a few girlfriends would go off and do 50s and 60s pop songs. So what, sort of things are you, what sort of things are you listening to or inspiring you to sing? Is it just anything or are you... Pretty much anything. Mum used to listen to lots of... Um, of 50s and 60s yeah. pop songs. Yeah. Um, so I think I, you know, sort of got a love, a love of, you know, a good melodic pop tune that way and just, I loved the, the singing styles. Mm. Um, I think that's probably where it started. And so when does, when do you get the guitar? Uh, Mum came home for a ga- from a garage sale one, one Saturday morning. She's totally stoked. She'd bought, um, bought this guitar uh, which was, I think it was like a not quite full, you know. Yeah, yeah. Short, we had one short of those. scale, uh, with nylon strings. Yeah. In a sort of like vinyl tartan case, and it came with a 
dog-eared book tucked inside it and it had a you know it was a really shitty guitar and had really high action mm-hmm. and uh, so ever since then I still have like a monkey grip on my, <laughs> on my guitar neck um, which I haven't been able to train myself out of but you know that was it, it was probably the best present anyone's yeah. ever given me in my life because so it large- opened up this whole world I mean you know when you're a teenager uh, sitting in the lounge and trying to you know you know do experimental music and you know play around with writing songs and singing on the piano in the lounge while your brother and sister are trying to watch TV mm. and whinging at moaning you moaning at you is not ideal so being able to lock myself in my bedroom and just spend hours chunking away yeah, on yeah. this guitar with my book the first thing I learned first thing I song I taught myself to play was blowing in the wind <laughs> And so, and so largely self-taught, like yes, just, yeah. just a case of developing these bad monkey grip habits yeah. and, and sticking with them. <laughs> yeah, I am not a guitar virtuoso. I learnt guitar so I could accompany myself yeah. singing. And, yeah. yeah, and you still can. And yeah. You can still do that. Yay! And, and, and I, I assume you got a little bit better at it. Yeah. As the, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, the more you more you do yeah, something, yeah. the better you get. Yeah. And I'm still improving, which yeah. is a relief. Um, so what's the next big step after that so you just that's all through high school yep all through high school are you still in Christchurch yep we'd go busking I uh, somehow through my friends that I'd go singing with who were a year older than me met um, uh, uh, another guy who was they were wanting to start a trio playing at the loft bar which was the sort of the Irish bar Mm. in Christchurch um, just sort of on a weekday night and they wanted a, a guitarist and they wanted a chick singer <laughs> just to do backing vocals mm. and um, started doing that like would <laughs> merely tell my parents that I was going to the library to do some study whilst carrying my guitar I'm sure they knew what was going on <laughs> they kind of been oh no no I'm just taking my guitar because I don't know um so I'd, yeah, but I'd tell them I was going to the library and then I'd whip up the road to the pub <laughs> and play songs. I didn't drink. Yeah. I was definitely underage. Um, but, and also I looked like I was about 12. So, uh, yeah, I just had fun. It was good. And I was making a bit of coin from it too. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, ah, oh, maybe it is a viable career. And then when I finished school, that's when I, you know, I'd sort of done classical musical through school and then thought I'd try try my hand at um, doing some jazz so moved to Wellington and then within about three months of moving here joined Banshee Reel and started did you, touring did you come here to do the jazz school or yeah, like, yeah and yeah. I lasted about three months and right. then went eh. <laughs> yeah yeah so how how long did Banshee Reel play for um, I was with them for almost five years, oh. I think. When, and we did some... That was like, the, you know, this amazing um, tertiary education in, of, in and of itself. Yeah. I, I got totally got the touring bug and the live gig bug. Because um, that was, a, 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 in the, I guess, traditional sense, a working band. That was a we, hard working we band. We were a hard working and band. And you played everywhere. Yep. 
and um, and often. And, yeah, we were yeah. doing like four or five nights a week. Yeah, and weekends away. And, yeah, yeah, all over. I place. loved it. Yeah, just totally loved it. And, and I think I was, you know, I was eighteen when I joined. Yeah. And the others, I think the the others were about, you know, sort of a good four or five years older than me, and yeah. they they were amazing. They really looked after me. Um, her, this bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, quite naive. Mm. Enthusiastic. Mm. When do I get to sing my fifties and sixties pop songs? Um, yeah, you, we're actually called Bad Real, so you don't uh, have to wait. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even care. I just yeah. loved doing it, and it was fun. I love performing. Yeah. Um, it was also and quite nice not being the the singer. We yeah. shared yeah. duties. And uh, like a lot of bands working at that time and in that particular space a pretty big repertoire right yeah i mean i think we'd do like play for three hours yeah you'd do like four sets three four sets which gradually got down and down as we yeah um made albums and yeah and sort of picked up more yeah better paying gigs yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. less of the sweating it out in the pubs for the whole night but but you you'd done that so that was a big yeah yeah because yeah. so, I remember seeing Banshee Real quite a few times back in the day and, yeah. um, and then you know go, going on to playing in a sort of Irish band myself yeah. and, and obviously getting to know all the other people on the circuit yeah. doing those things and, it was quite a tight you know, it was quite yeah. a tight crew as well you know everyone mm. sort of knew everyone and it was a yeah it was a crazy circuit yeah um, yeah but it was, it was good fun it was a really good experience so that leads pretty much directly to Fur Patrol? Yeah, uh, while I was doing the whole Banshee Reel thing, I think I started writing seriously uh, while we were in Canada. Um, I think I wrote the first song that I kind of went, no, this, I think I might be on to something here. Mm. Um, probably when I was about 20, it just sort of slowly built up a... What had been your experience songwriting before that? Was there any, like... I yeah, loads like, of loads I of won. things that have never seen the light of day and never will. <laughs> no, uh, uh, my a, a few things that you had twisted a band in. in high school, and we did rock quest. Mm. And, uh, my song won best original song at ninety six, <laughs> no, no ninety one. Well, no, some one of the first <laughs> rock quest. Yeah. Back when you just used to get, you know, like a two hundred dollar voucher from the rock shop was your prize, mm. rather mm. than what do they get? What is it now? It's like oh, you make a record, yeah. Two hundred dollars at the rock shop is probably a better profit than making a record. <laughs> now, so, True. You know. <laughs> yeah. At least you can buy some strings and things you might actually need to keep yeah. keep you going on the path to making music. I think I got a, my first um, electronic guitar tuner. Yeah. Yeah, and it was bright pink. And at first I went, it's pink, I don't want it. And the, the guy said, it's pink, no one will steal it. Mm. <laughs> and he was right, I had that thing for years before I lost it. So, let's talk about Fur Patrol, and, and I'm thinking um, maybe a way to do this is um, to start at the start, but also start at the, the end as well, in terms of where we're at now, because maybe some people know uh, listen to this don't know this but Fur Patrol got together quite recently yes and played <laughs> and I thought maybe you could talk about that and how that was for you and and then we get into sort of the, the story of the band a little bit 
Um, yeah, there was awesome. That was like falling off a bike. No, falling off a log. Yeah, onto a bike. And just roll, yeah, rolling and just with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> log. Yeah, just like that. Um, we had a, a. We'd kind of. We rehearsed at. Um, is it Inca? Slash Monkey. Yeah. And. Um, I don't think, even think the three of us had been in the same room for about six years. Wow. Since, you know, um, and we definitely hadn't played a gig in six years. Since were kind of the last release or whatever, the last... Yeah, yeah. And we're standing on stage and look at e- looking at each other goofily going, huh, huh, how does this work? Yeah. And um, one of us would suggest a song and the other two would go, I have no idea how that goes. <laughs> and then it would just be like, oh, go on, let's give it a go. Mm. And just muscle memory. Yeah. And then we'd get to the end of the song and go, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. You know? But the song's more familiar to you because you generally wrote them and then you're also playing some of them, you know, or have done over the years. Oh, no, these were songs that we but that I haven't did, even right. t- gone near. Right. Song, almost songs that I'd forgotten. Right. So you went back um, to the... Yeah, and, and things that we'd written together, yeah, the three okay. of us. And it just we toured so much. But you're all still playing. Yeah, yeah. So that, obviously there's that aspect yeah. that you can all still play. Like, not but together, but you've, you've carried on making music. So yeah. It's, you know. But it's that thing where, I don't know, I think a different part is, you know, sort of like a, yeah. a, a part in Andrew's, one of Andrew's bass lines or, something, you know, a particular fill that Simon would do would just yeah. trigger and you, you just, it'd just roll on. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was quite... Uh, a good little experiment in that whole you know, so brain thing. The, you yeah. know, those neural pathways are so deeply ingrained in yeah, yeah, my yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah. So it's terrible timing for you with a um, an album of your own due out, but d- did it spark a conversation of we need to do this more often? We should actually go and do this. You've uh, got you've no, got no. you've got twentieth anniversaries and stuff coming yeah. up, not too far on the horizon. Actually. So. Tuesday would be the 20th anniversary of our very first gig. Wow, there you go. Um, uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like a. It was more like it would be so much fun to be able to do a run of shows and yeah. then just kind of. If the if it's totally an if the right thing arose, we yeah. would definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. We're not. None of us are in a, a position where we can just kind pour of, yourselves into that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's also, I think we're a little bit, a little bit weary of, um... Jumping on the reunion bandwagon. Oh, it's not even, I don't it's even think that. it's that. It's more that, you know, cause, because we, we really did burn out, uh, you know, by the end of it we were just mm. exhausted after all the work that we'd done and mm. nothing had really, nothing really sailed, um despite our best efforts mm. and I think we just kind of yeah we'd done all this work and ended up <laughs> on the bones of our asses and had nothing you know nothing left to give really yeah yeah so it was really beautiful to get back in a room and back on a stage and back behind our instruments and back in it for the right reasons and yeah and just go that's right this stuff is fun and yeah. you know I love you kind of thing and it was a, it was awesome, and it sort of, yeah, it kind of erased all the, all the tiredness, I think. Mm. But it's so we are sort of like, yeah, we're 
we're not about to go and throw ourselves down a financial yeah, yeah. hole in order to yeah. do it. So, because Fur Patrol always struck me as a hard-working band too, within mm. the, you know, you got, I, I saw you play a lot, and you guys, because you guys played a lot. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really um, slow down that much either, once no. you got into the album cycle. No, definitely You were not. all over the place um, playing. So, apart from the, the sort of burnout side of it, and, you know, I think it was a band that, um, you know, you went, there's no easy way to say it, you, you sort of said it yourself, but you, you went backwards sort of financially with that band. Mm. You know, you had, a, you had a good, strong peak, and then it was yeah. diminishing returns, right? Yeah. Which is, you've had enough time to process that, I should imagine. Yeah. But... <laughs> but Obviously, it was an exciting time for a long time before any of that yeah. difficult but, stuff came in. You know, it's so much of so much of a band's or, or any anyone's success is uh, luck and timing. Yeah. So much of it, and connect. You know, having the right string of um, moments happen in a, in a line. Mm. You know, so sort of mm. like meeting the right people or mm. connecting the right dots so to speak yeah. and you know 99% of artists in whatever form that doesn't happen for them yeah. and yeah. We, I mean, we were lucky in a lot of ways that we that did happen for us for a while and I'm insanely grateful for that but there was also you know there was a lot of shit going on in the background that I really don't want to get into that just kind of wore us down yeah. even before stuff started to just not hit the marks that we needed to be hitting. But you, mean, um, you mean record company stuff? Yeah, background stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, <laughs> I've always kind of joked that one day, you know, I'll write a book about how not to do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. We were that band for a while. So, <laughs> but uh, what I've just sort of sort of come to over the last few weeks, really, or the last couple of months, is that Fur Patrol. Um, released quite a lot of material and I, I I wouldn't say I held this um, against you but I remember thinking when your album your first solo album came out and I'm sure I wasn't alone in this I remember thinking oh you should have done that sooner it should have happened sooner like arguably the last couple of Fur Patrol albums didn't need to happen you should have and I'm sure well there was only there were, there were only three Fur Patrol albums and two EPs yeah um, they were quite we were quite. So, so what I'm saying is, you only need to. <laughs> <laughs> we had a. I mean, we were quite a long time between, between drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and I'm not a prolific writer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think between the last Fur Patrol album, maybe the last Fur Patrol album, maybe that didn't need to happen. Um, I think and my headspace. And, and then in listening to it, it's actually pretty good. You know, it, it's yeah. got good songs on it. And yeah. I, I think I probably didn't ever hear it until just recently. Yeah. I don't remember hearing it at the time. Uh, I think there's like I personally think that that's the album that we needed to have made. Yeah. Uh, after know. the first one, straight yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think yeah, I, I'm really proud of that album. Mm. And but I think after that. I kind of yeah I, I to be brutally honest I I had a really I got depressed for like a couple of years and I just couldn't see out of the fog mm. um, so when I finally did make Modern Fables that was 
that was the fog lifting and yeah. finally yeah right and you, you, I think lyrically you can hear it it's, yeah. it's all about yeah. kind of you know finding your feet and getting getting on with shit yeah yeah uh, um, well the 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 story that I think a lot of people remember with well probably get it wrong now when I say remember but the, sto- the story I they feel like I remember that, and that, that people had an att- some attachment to with Fur Patrol was uh, move to Melbourne to make it and end up ha- going backwards in terms of having to ha- you know, have jobs to support ourselves and, yeah um, so can you sort well, of well we didn't for a long time we, yeah we, we spent the first two years pretty much on the road pushing you know, the album doing yeah, yeah. eight like ten out of twelve months, kind of, yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. we we did some really fucking cool stuff in in those first few years, and you know, which was great. And then, well, when I very first interviewed you, you'd just come back from playing in America for the first time. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when that was. Um, early two thousands, I would think. Yeah, maybe. Okay. We moved over in two thousand, so it probably would have been maybe two thousand. Three or yeah, four? Yeah, I think it would have been two thousand and three. Yeah, actually, um, and so and so you know that was yeah. And we've just finished Collider. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes, and you'd done. Um, I think you'd shot a video over in the states. Yeah, and yeah. Things like so that. That's kind of what we went over for, yeah, and then yeah, we yeah, just yeah. played a gig, tacked on to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was great fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was when things were sort of looking like. So that was you're Stuff still going. Gonna, yeah, 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 you're still going. We're yeah. we're about to hit our next yeah. peak. Like, yeah. people know us in New Zealand. We've got a record that. Yeah. We've got a couple of had, big singles. We've we got a record. We had a really good, strong, and you know, loyal following in Australia yeah. as yeah. well. They weren't big. They weren't like it wasn't like thousands, thousands, thousands of people. But yeah. we were winning friends and influencing people. Yeah. And then it all just kind of, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to blame anyone because, mm. but you know, it sort of felt a little bit like there were within the record company there was a bit of a, a bit of too many chiefs, not enough Indians. But you know, it could have been us as well. Maybe the maybe we didn't make a record that was going to connect. Yeah. I don't know. You you were doing um, solo shows occasionally around the time too. Uh, Every now and then you'd sort of pop up and play when Fur Patrol was very much still a thing. You'd pop uh, up. Was that towards the end? I don't know. I, don't, I feel like it was probably. I was in the doing. Middle. A, I was doing a couple. We do a few in Melbourne, sort of just with my girlfriend. But even back here, I remember seeing you open for. I'm sure you uh, opened for oh, opened Barbara for, Manning and a couple of people like that. No, I opened for Big Runger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a couple of random ones. And just playing the Fur Patrol songs mm-hmm. as solo songs, I guess. Yeah. But um, so did you? What what? And there must be people in your ear at some point. And I'm what I'm getting at here with that is, were there people urging you to ditch the band and go solo? Were um, you, was there a voice in your head urging you or, or no, telling I you was not so, to? No, no, I was so focused. It was everything that. I did was committed to the band you yeah. know all of us were like that you know yeah um, we had made you know we'd all made these sacrifices and we were we were a, we're a pretty democratic band yeah um, but we'd all 
committed to it and we were we believed in what we were doing um, and to me it was kind of like oh you know a solo thing I'll do once this has yeah, run yeah. its course and yeah. which is actually what happened what's happened yeah it's yeah. just the, the course it ran was a little bit more depressing than the course than what we hoped it would run now the, I, I, I do my, my my nerd thing and list everything that I'm kind of listening to and the other day on Twitter I mentioned a Fur Patrol EP and you, yeah. and you replied to me and went I, I forgot, forgot about, about that one, one. <laughs> and I heard and, and another case of it being you know a good little batch of songs there yeah. which I hadn't I don't think I'd heard yeah. or certainly hadn't heard since it came out I think it was 2006 or seven. yeah and it's again getting towards the end of, of the band yeah and a good batch of songs, and then you said, oh, you know, I'm not a very responsible song mother, or whatever, <laughs> you know. But neglectful. And here you are saying that you're not a prolific writer. No, no I'm, I'm not, you know, compared to, you know, like, like Sean Donnelly, just, he's, you know, songs are, he's yeah. leaking songs yeah. wherever he walks kind of thing, and I know a lot and of writers. All, and they're all great. Too. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy, man. Yeah. Um, and you know people that will force themselves to sit down every day and write something. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not that person. And maybe it's a bad thing on my part. I'm trying to get more. You know. I'm going to change my habits, but mm. um, at the moment, you know, I've got I've got a backlog of ideas, like little bits of things. But I just have this mental block of just I need to get this album finished I need to get this album finished once I've got the album finished then I'm just gonna go yeah and like spew out a whole lot of yeah. new songs um so what happens with Fur Patrol in the very end that that is the I guess step that makes it implode or explode or shake hands and walk away what sort of I feeling is it I think we just all kind of just went oh I think we need to go and have a lie down guys yeah <laughs> um I think even before that, before we, we, uh, when Steve left, which was after we finished, um, I think we'd just finished, come off a tour with the Datsuns, and I think everything behind the scenes had just really been just going further and just, just more and more unstable ground. Uh, we finished the tour, we were broke. We'd just had... It was ridiculous, though, because we'd had this tour where we'd played these great shows opening for the Datsuns, had actually kind of a nice time, um, and then we get back and off tour, and Steve, <laughs> bless his heart, gets out of the van and hands us a letter each. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his resignation. Now he- and it's kind of like, oh, right. And that's when we kind of... Did you see that coming in some sense, though? Like Yeah, we... Yeah, yeah kind of, maybe but not, we didn't... Maybe not an actual letter, No, we and we... A conversation was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Around that time. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think we were just shocked that it actually did finally happen. Yeah. Um, and, and then... He, he moved overseas? Yeah, he's, he's based in Paris now. Yeah. Um, and he's a photographer. Yeah. So he's just... Um, I think when he left, he didn't even take his guitar with him. Right. He was that over it. Yeah. Um, and so, what, what, fair enough. I mean, what that that letter's in the past, but it's it was addressed to you guys. But what what was his sort of was it um, exhaustion? Yeah. Disappointment. Yeah. All uh, of those over things. it. Meltdown, yeah. Mild meltdown. Yeah. Just done. Just with I it. can't do this yeah. anymore, guys. Yeah. 
which yeah. none of us could go. Yeah, we you all just kind of went. You couldn't convince him. Yeah, that fair because enough. Because the dude. situation wasn't. Nah. You couldn't promise him that it was going to get better, right? Yeah, and then so we sat down with um, uh, uh, Dave Bench, who was our manager and like really, you know, good friend. Mm. Um, and he just went, "Oh, guys." you work out what you want to do what do you want to do go away just don't you know don't even think you know let's not worry about it for a couple of months or you know in a month's time or whatever get together and you know decide what you want to do and the three of us sort of like got together and just went what do we do do we walk away and then we kind of decided that we just wanted to make one more album that we were really proud of mm. and it's not that we're not proud of Collider either I think there's some fucking good songs on mm. that and the performances on that are amazing but I just think the mix is really horrible mm. um, I don't know it's harsh it hasn't shown up well but the songs you know we had such a great time recording that album mm. and I know they're rock songs mm. but that's what we were doing mm. Mm. and I fucking love playing loud yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah we just decided that we'd make one more album yeah and we did, and I think we made this really beautiful collection yeah. of songs. Yeah. And it was a really, it was actually a really nice process. Even though Tony Cohen, who um, produced it for us, who was fantastic, but he was really, really sick at the time. We didn't even know if we were going to get, you know, if we could get through a full day's mixing every time it turned up. He's like a really full-on diabetic, mm. um, just really unhealthy, poor man. Um, which is a shame because he was just a genius. But we got through it. And yeah. yeah. So... It was almost a vanity project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're happy to admit that. We did it yeah. for us. Yeah. Because when we first started out, we did it, We did everything for us. We were doing it because we loved it and we enjoyed it. Mm, mm. So, yeah. And so you... I, I feel like you've probably had to wrestle with the legacy of Fur Patrol maybe more than the others because you're the you're the front person you're the you know a lot of people probably think it was your band what? backing you even though i don't feel that no. the band ever thought that no and we didn't we none of us thought when we made that decision quite early yeah. on were we julia dean's and band yeah. or were we our band yeah and we just decided that was mm. we wanted to be our band um, and yeah but I mean the the words are mine the melodies are mine but the music is ours yeah and but you're the one that the, and those the, the words and the, mu- the melodies wouldn't be the same without the music but Andrew goes and plays in a variety of contexts and no one shouts out play Lydia <laughs> right whereas, yeah. whereas you cannot escape that Hey, I don't care. I get to play this song that yeah, yeah, when yeah. I when I play it, people's faces light up and they sing along. It's you know, but, and in so many ways, I'm the lucky one. With yeah, that. sure. But have you always felt that way, or did you go through a period? Oh, I know the band. You would collectively. Sick of the song? We went through a period of just like, oh, but we've got all these other things, and yeah. just listen to our other things. I think it was from probably. Um, when we did the tour with Sheehan and uh, Wessa, oh yeah, yeah, um, we would have people would turn up and they would have bought tickets to come and see, just to come and see that song. Mm, mm. 
uh, in they places. Didn't know the other guys. Nah, they didn't care. They just wanted to hear that yeah. song. They'd come and stand up the front. They'd wait down the back of the room yeah. until we played that song. And then they'd come up the front and they'd dance and sing. And then they'd be like, "Yay!" And they'd all fuck off. <laughs> And it was. It, it, it was, baffles me that that happens, and it still happens. I know. Like you see it all the time at shows, but it's, it's. I just don't. I don't understand it because when I hear, you know, if I hear a song by a, a band or an artist, I'm just like, I want to know more. Where did that come from? I remember going and reviewing Pink when she had just had. She must have just released the second album, which was the start of her sort of singles, mm. and I can't even remember them now. But I remember um, going to the show and the audience would actually just they'd go outside and so it would go down to like a third yeah because she did things like she did a Janis Joplin medley because she didn't have oh, enough songs to we opened for her on uh, in Australia on right, that tour on that tour yeah, yeah. she's fucking amazing oh she was you know she oh was great God, and obviously she's, she's, she's got better and better as a performer yeah. and, 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 and all of that I, I don't follow her music hugely but no you know she's actually become quite an amazing performer but and you could see the seeds of it there, but she yeah. was having to work really hard. To, and people, a lot of people, well, in the show here, didn't care at all. They just wanted those two big songs. But it's kind of crazy, though, because her show believe. in itself was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just complete spectacle. Yeah, funny. But, yeah, I, yeah that sort of thing has always baffled me. Yeah, I don't um, get it. So, so you never resented it, but there must have been, yeah, you must have been thinking, how can we play this song differently? How can we hide it? Do we have to include well, it? Well, I think also when we were, um, you know, when we were after touring in Australia so extensively, we weren't having to play it either. Yeah. yeah. So we just didn't. And the our style evolved into this far more beastly kind of sound. Because yeah. um, we, were, we were put on a lot, put on tour with a lot of rock acts mm. rather than the, I think, the first, rather than the sort of more kind of, indie kind of songy things which is you know possibly where we should have gone but mm, we're mm. quite happy to play mm. we don't care we just like playing yeah um, I just wanted to get in front of as many people as possible um, so what happens at the very end in terms of you walk away you make you, you make an album you, you arguably sort of shake hands and go we're done and then it becomes a little bit hard to process for a couple of years what to do next um, yeah I think I just after that I just start, had to start writing again well no actually I, I actually took a break from music I just stepped right back and just went need to clear that out of my head I yeah. felt like you know and where are you you're in Auckland at that Melbourne. point or you're still yeah. in Melbourne yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah just got really realised that I really wasn't cut out to be a bar person or a, <laughs> or yeah. a, a clothing seller <laughs> and just slowly started you know sort of like gently blowing some air on the on the smouldering embers yeah. and then you know the fire started coming back yeah yeah which was but it was a slow process it was yeah. a really slow process so People are ready for this new album by you because they they love the first album that was well received. I feel I feel like yeah, it was well received. I was and totally delighted with the first album reception. Yeah, yeah, and people still you know reference that you still play songs 
you know, from it, you tell it, you know, you found yourself in a bunch of sort of shows, and and then um, recently you kind of um, you did the Mel Parsons tour where you actually kind of debuted quite a lot yeah. of the new album, but not in the not in the form not that in the form been. that it's going to yeah. be. Did oh did you but come to the Wellington? I, I did, and I really liked it. I was I, so nervous, and then you could tell. But I thought I thought. It <laughs> Do you was know amazing. what? I'd had I before I went on. I was even more. Yeah, you know, I don't. I think I got more and more nervous as the as the tour went on. Yeah. But here I just went. Oh, I'm just going to have a glass of wine with yeah. Dutch courage. Yeah, you're a bit chilly. And then I went. Oh, that was really good. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm just going to have another one. Yeah. And I downed that. And then I went. Oh, I'm just going to. I'll just take one out with me. And then by the time I got out on stage, I just went. I really should not have had that second yeah. one. You're a bit chatty, but it was really nice. Oh well, I get I get verbal diarrhea anyway sure. when I'm nervous. But like, add wine to that, and it's yeah. kind of like the the you know the the sense the sense of what are senses? Well, it was, censorship buttons. Yeah, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of um, I felt like you were quite self-effacing, and, but <laughs> uh, you know it came from this gen- genuine sort of idea of being nervous about. Mm playing a, basically a whole set of songs people didn't know <laughs> and then and then saying and when you hear these recorded versions they aren't actually going to sound like this <laughs> but they sounded great they sounded like um, good songs and they sounded like you know your songs you yeah. know what I mean like they, you, you could they sounded like they were created by the person that had made the previous <laughs> album and yeah. some of the Fur Patrol material like, yeah. you know in, well, in line with that which is which is really obvious, but it's yeah. kind of um, important that people know that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, like, when I, like I said before, like, I wrote on using keyboards. Yeah. But they still, there's still a direct connection back to modern yeah. fables in the sound. And like, it's you still know, your voice, and I don't just and, mean vocally, but, also, but your... You know, real, yeah. real drum kits. There's a little bit of, bit of, bit of guitars and... Um, but yeah, it, it's it's that whole thing of the song has to stand on its own, regardless of what the production is. Yeah, and, and that you know, a, a firm believer in that. So it's good to it was good to get out and play like a couple of those songs. I had no idea before I decided to do the um, do the tour with Mel. Um, I had no idea if they would actually work right like that, and they did, which yeah. was like, oh my god, yeah, it was. So, have you got a plan to? Um, is it hard to, I guess, bring this up when the album doesn't quite exist yet. But have you got a plan to tour it and play the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. So that some yeah. of those people that went to those shows can basically yeah see them well, in a whole new outfit, you know, um, see them dressed up. I'm playing at Womad next weekend. Yeah, uh, and uh, playing. I think about six, seven new songs. Yeah. Well, seven songs from the album yeah. with full band. Yeah. Um, and plus a handful of old faves. Yeah. Someone's going to shout for Lydia, so. Oh, they won't get it. <laughs> so we've only got an hour. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't practiced this. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's really exciting. And like, we've, we just had our first two rehearsals. So, what's the band? I'm so lucky. Got um, uh, Steve Thomas on drums and Richie Picard on mm. electric and upright bass because he's just a, a legend. And I have 
um, managed to coerce Anna Coddington and Angie Sami from She's So Red into being backing vocals wow. and guitar keys. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Pretty stoked. Yeah. So, actually having two really strong singers doing beautiful backing vocals yeah. is. Because yeah. I think I've toured all the pre- the previous album was all just as a three piece with Richie yeah. and um, Nick Gaffney played quite a lot uh, on those tours. Well, you and Anna have done a bit of stuff together. You and Anika, you and Anika and Anna, you and Mel. Um, how important are those sorts of um, friendships and musical friendships? Like, really I, important. I feel like they've been a pretty big thing for you. Yeah, in a bridging sort of sense. Well, also, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really know any of them, any of those um, women. Bef- I mean, I knew, I knew Anika, yeah. but not like super well, just enough to you hang. You knew out. who she yeah. was, and yeah, you yeah, also yeah. to hang out and yeah. like talk shit and yeah. have fun. Um, and I met Anna through Anika, and you know, sort of coming back and doing fur patrol gigs. But it was they were always very brief kind of meetings, and then since moving back, uh, just. They're really developing those friendships, and I think it was also quite it was really scary moving back. You know, you know, mm. when you move cities in your in your teens and your twenties, you just you kind of like, yeah, cool, and you you, you know you mm. socialise a lot more than you do as an adult. You know, or you know when you're in your thirties. Um, uh, so coming back was a bit scary, and I you know left all my you know my best friends of the last. Know, 10, yeah. 15, 20 years, and we're in Melbourne. Mm. Um, so, kind of landing here feeling very alone. And though, the, you know, all those women have just welcomed me and just been really, really good. And also, uh, you know, good friends and support network, not just on a friendship level, but also um, like a professional level as well. Mm. You know, as an independent artist, you know, Anna and Mel and Anika mm. Mm. and I are all pretty, we pretty much do our own management yeah, 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 yeah. bookings everything yeah. so being able to go ring someone and go ah yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I guess too you've all probably well Anna definitely you know you've been the the female that fronted a band full of guys or yeah with, and yeah so it's totally interesting that different you've, dynamic you've all, you've all kind of found each other yeah. to, to work with and bounce ideas off yeah. and just you know hang out with yeah it's been yeah it's been really cool and it's nice, you know, sort of for so long, uh, actually pretty much the enti- our entire, you know, my entire Fur Patrol life, I-, I would be the only woman on the yeah, road. Well, you and see, they, it was like you and Shehard and Weta, yeah, for example. Yeah, and, yeah, and in Australia yeah, as well, yeah. you know, every, we'd be touring with yeah. dudes. Yeah. And I'd kind of be this novelty. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are benefits to that. You generally tend to be the person that gets your own room. <laughs> yeah, and and if you're lucky, your own Lou. I, I mean, yeah. Jordan, oh. Jordan Luck telling me he got in trouble because he used the um, the woman from is it Chrissy, the woman from the Divine? Or yeah. He, 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 he had, Chrissy Amphlett. Yeah, he had a poo in her toilet oh. and, um, on the first night of the tour. So they, I think, the exponents <laughs> might have even got kicked off the tour, or they had to do some swift talking. <laughs> but that was her. Um, you know, re- ultimate requirement. Yeah. Like that was the top of the list. Yeah. That she had her own low, which is fair enough. Because uh, yeah. she obviously went through that experience you're talking about, constantly just being the only yeah. woman yeah. on the bill. And, you know, dealing with 
and 12, then, and 15, then 20 guys. shit, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... And then you fall into doing all these sorts of shows, which we talked about, the yeah. Growl, the Joni Mitchell, the, the musicals, yep. plural, will there be more, do you think? I never say never, yeah, yeah. but, I, I, you know, uh, Superstar's kind of the only one, that the, yeah. music, the music I knew and, it re- you know, I liked. Yeah. And yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty crazy music that, given it was written in a week. Yeah. It's sort of... Um, hammy and histrionic in a very good way yeah you know? like it's yeah it, it knows that it's over, I, I sort of feel it knows that it's over the top totally I, they feel, were, they I feel like a lot of those musicals are like that yeah you know, the, that from that era yeah and, and yeah and uh and that's what i say like even people that feel like they don't follow or care about musicals are familiar with that material because yeah it, because mm. it got played on radio it crossed over and but there's some there's some pretty impressive songs in that um, yeah I mean, I don't know how to love him. It's just yeah. beautiful. It's a really beautiful song. Yeah, we used to sing that in primary school. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, and it's funny kind of finding out later on with those songs where, you know, where they came from. Like, yeah. You, you perhaps don't know that when you first learn them. No, oh, I know. I didn't even care when I first learned them. It's like, oh, I like to sing this song. And you had a great, um, you talked about Sean Donnelly before being basically a genius which which I think everyone who comes across his <laughs> yeah. material realises that he is but you had a great sort of cameo on his last record yeah yeah totally stoked uh, that was that was good fun and um yeah he and I've uh sort of forming a good friendship you know become quite good friends and it's it's you know it's like I think I missed out on a whole lot of Sean's music because uh, he was sort of producing music while we were in Australia. Yeah. We, you know, there's so much stuff that yeah, I yeah. missed while we were there. And yeah. it's about coming back and like, oh, that's a great song. Who did that? Oh, that guy, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, he did that too, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's sort of seeing this back catalogue mm-hmm. come to light. Yeah, it's a bit like discovering the Joni Mitchell yeah. back catalogue. <laughs> yeah. The Sean Donnelly back catalogue. When you were talking about that, I was think, uh, thinking someone said to me uh, recently that they grew up with only the Stevie Wonder of the 80s. Yeah, and right. So they, so they just, they couldn't um, believe when people were going, Stevie Wonder's a genius because they thought that as good, as absolute good I as he got. Called. Well, they thought as good as he got was, you know, part-time lover, which yeah. is quite good. That's a great um, tune. Yeah, yeah, but that was the absolute... And they were nothing like, on they were superstitious. Like, they were like, that's good, but it's not that good. And it wasn't until this guy was in his, like, late 20s, early 30s that he found the 70s Stevie Wonder yeah. and then the 60s Stevie Wonder as well because he was like, well, I just... My parents played these shitty records from the 80s <laughs> And they were like, this guy's a musical genius, but they didn't let me in on the... On the, the, you know. <laughs> the really good stuff. Yeah. They were holding out. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about the adults. Ah. Oh. So, well, you mentioned them in, in passing, but um, I feel like we should because it's an interesting project. Um, what are your feelings around oh, that was the album and the... Great fun. I totally enjoyed every moment of that. That was good. And touring, when we got to do the... Um, the winery tour yeah. and have a really had a really good long run of shows. It was awesome. And hello, got to play in a band with Shane Carter yeah. and John Tugu. Yeah. It was like yeah. Yay yeah. They're yeah. both such delightful so, men of, and such and, wonderful and musicians. Sort of opposite 
sides of the coin of great oh, Kiwi rock frontman yeah. or something, right? Totally. Mr. Mr. Yay, everything's exciting! Yeah. And Mr. Oh, yeah, and no, just good. a bit too. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, let's not get too excited about it because we've got to be cool, okay? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, why did that project fizzle out just because uh, oh, she well, had. No, no, well, we'd done, the album had really done its dash, and we'd sort of done as much as we could with the album, and then both, uh, uh, John was doing She Had, and Shane's been, Shane's like me, he's been having this fucking, he's taking a while, (laughs) insane gestation period, Um, so you, every now and again, we get together and go, oh yeah, bro, I'm going to go take my recorder and hit him up about it if I can at some point, yeah, 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 um, yeah, we we sort of have com- like little pity parties every now and again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, then John got married and has just had a baby. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's that thing again. Life's yeah, just life just getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would in a, in a nice way. Yeah, and I think you know, it's all timing. You know, collaborative pro- projects are always yeah that you know whether you know they become harder and cards. harder for the schedules to yeah, meet yeah. back up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I yeah thoroughly enjoyed that um, sort of chapter yeah. and would gladly go back for another one. Yeah, yeah. So full tour of the country kind of thing when the album comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, work good. That'll be a, a, a see how things go. And it's just about to have um, baby number two. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I might have to relinquish my dream of having Anna. Yeah, and are on the on the road for um for the album tour, which would really suck because she's she's like a secret weapon. That woman, she's yeah. such an understated and an undervalued musician. I think. Yeah, I think so too. But working with her, she's just so quick and got this really beautiful musical sensitivity. You know, so she just picks everything up like snap, snap, snap. I I I think I really kind of clicked to what you're talking about about her how mm. good she she is in those various roles actually seeing her um with era dangerfield which mm. obviously ricky is a great musical conduit yeah and brings brings out a lot of great things and a lot of people but that that was kind of the first clue for me and i actually i really enjoyed the the solo tour that you two did together yeah playing the paramount and the theaters that was and stuff great, that was that cool yeah, yeah 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 and her you know i think i remember talking to her around the time of the second album which I thought was so much stronger than her first album yeah. and uh, and and you know we talked about that and I just think it was that coming into her own in terms of confidence you know yeah. just just sort of going from wanting to do it to knowing that you can yeah, you actually it. can do yeah. it yeah yeah and she I mean, she's also working on her um, yeah, next yeah. album which yeah. has been again yeah, yeah. interrupted it, by life yeah, AKA a tra- two there's a tra- babies. <laughs> there's a track or two out there though. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're sounding pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, re- I really can't wait to hear the the full album. I've done done some backing vocals for her, so yeah, I've had little sneak peeks. Yeah, yeah. Now it's kind of nice seeing this. Um, well, yeah, this sort of new group of people. You know, who 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 aren't new. You guys yeah, have all been doing things for a lot, but. But popping up on each other's records, yeah. you know, like you and Sean, and, yeah. and obviously you and John have worked across a couple of projects now, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's very interesting seeing, uh, I guess, like a 
a nice consistency. Mm. I think it's sort of that, you know, we've also all um, kind of reached that point in our careers where we've, you know, been doing the, the blinkers on. Yeah, the so focused on our, you know. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, you're not trying to, I mean, you are trying to prove yourself because any, anyone doing any sort of songwriting or performing generally yeah. is, but you're also not trying to prove your ex- yourself in the tunnel vision, don't care about well, anyone else. Yeah, you know, actually, yeah, that sort of like, you yeah. know, you're so focused on your primary project that you kind of don't really have time or energy to um, cast your, out, cast your um, energies elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially, you know, she had a, such a, you know, in the, in the over the over the last couple of decades of being such a touring beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always either on the road or always um, in the studio. Or about to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, he's had, you know, been freed up a bit more from that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, Joni Mitchell shows in Wellington and then that puts that to bed for a, the foreseeable future. For, yeah, and but, we don't have anything booked for the rest yeah. of the year yet, but that can but always change. But you're open change. to that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and has the show changed dramatically from the Auckland show, or like have you pulled in a few new songs? Or uh, yes, from the first from the first time. Yeah, 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 we've pulled in. Um, I think there's seventeen songs in the show now. Right. Can I just say that is a fuckload of words. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And she's not really one for repeat choruses either. So I remember buying her. Um, book of lyrics and being sort of dazzled all over again reading them not just not just for what they say but being able to actually see the amount of words they're really long lines you know there aren't there aren't conventional line breaks because there can't be Joni Mitchell would never be a tweeter no (laughs) but uh was it the last time I saw Richard you know songs like that it's one of my favorite songs so the um such a great story yeah yeah and they are like more like short stories than mm. poems you know how people, yeah you know how people always sort of you look at a song where it can often resembles what a poem looks like and yeah. on a page and and even down to you know a rudimentary rhyme scheme quite yeah. often and hers look more like short stories that just happen to have been broken up yeah with a line break here, Pros. here and there Pros? yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <coughs> um oh cool well hey um is there anything else um, we need to we need to talk about. Mm, no, no, I don't. I don't. We covered quite a lot there, Mr. Sweetman. I think so. Um, when is this going on? I don't know. When would you when would you like it to go on? I don't know. <laughs> when's when's mad? Next weekend. Oh, we'll try and get it up just before then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't mind if it doesn't. Yeah. Don't make no. Never mind me. We um. Oh, well, I don't know. I'll see if I can bug you for one of your new songs to sneak on there. Maybe we could give people a, a sneak preview. Maybe. 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 I have, to, I have um, to talk to the tower about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to play something now? With the window open and the curtain blowing. And oh, and my fresh, yeah, yeah. freshly do you, do you, changed. Do you want to play something? Um, you don't have to. Yeah, I guess I, I could. Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> you could play um, anything that you want to play. You could play a new song that's not going to sound like what it does on the record. You oh, could play. I'd do that. You could play a Johnny Mitchell song. You could oh, actually, play. Do you know what? I can't really play any Johnny no. Mitchell songs because uh, oh, I only play guitar on two songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
these strikes. Um, uh, it's called Pick Up, and this one definitely sounds nothing like this. Great. On the album. <laughs> Great. Buy the album, Ephraim. Yeah, yeah. Here's, well, the here's your non-taster. <laughs> Yeah, there's not there's not a guitar in sight <laughs> on the album. There's a, you can't even smell the guitar sitting in the corner. There's so no guitars.
Hasta in.